Duppy Media is a Taunton web development business guaranteed to bring your web projects to life. From one-page sites to full e-commerce enabled web builds, Duppy Media can give your company the edge you know it deserves. Call Mark at Duppy Media for e-commerce web hosting, new builds and website additions. You will find Mark's personalised and tailored service the perfect partner for injecting some sparkle into your company's website and at a very competitive price. Visit www.duppymedia.co.uk for more information. Hello and welcome to this highly caffeinated episode of Straight from the Hot Tap. In this loose and heart rate increasing coffee order of a podcast, we discuss the quirks of British pubs, how not to provide customer service, and Matt talks at length about his alter ego of Karen and TripAdvisor. Josh tells us not very much about the latest film he's in, Lou's Reviews picks up some of our latest feedback, and Johnny invents an organic balloon with help from Talks and Matters. If you enjoy this podcast, please like, share, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and of course, subscribe. If not, well then why don't you just tell us all about it on TripAdvisor. I'm Matt. And I'm Lou. I'm John. I am Josh. And I'm Matt. And this is straight, straight from the hot setter. Guys, did you see the uh, the crime update I just posted into our group, into our WhatsApp group? I was just I was just alerted by the police that someone is spitting on patrons at Walgreens Pharmacy just around the corner. Oh my God, I love the fact that warrants like some kind of app that warrants the arrival of the SWAT team with air support, which you will hear. Probably on the background of the recording within about five minutes. Really? Do you, do yeah. you think it's a bit alarmist? Because I noticed the comment at the bottom is police have received a report of a man, and that's it. I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> look, the police strategy around here is maximum escalation and confrontation. <laughs> so, well, Matt, Matt finally breaks cover as spending the last ten years living in a, a female-only conclave of Los exactly. Angeles. Exactly. He's finally been spotted leaving his apartment. Yeah. To go and see, yeah. Uh... Driving a garbage truck. <laughs> jo- Josh, yeah. I liked your I liked your uh I liked your interview with with what what channel was that? Al Jazeera or something. It was something like that. It was like a it was a Dubai based yeah, news network. It was a while ago now. I got taken in there to do a little spiel on yachts. Yeah. It was very interesting. I did watch it. So who found this and why? <laughs> so so I was, <laughs> and why are we talking about it on a podcast? Let's let's well, move on for the for the millions of listeners. You know, if you go to YouTube, are you worried that they're going to put? Up- no, How can we not? <laughs> no, so, so I was doing that. I was doing your jingle last week, and I couldn't remember oh. what advert you were in. And I couldn't remember if it was Thomas Thomas Land or um, something. We're well, going back a, almost a decade now. Uh, well, have you worked since? <laughs> oh, that's such a bird. That is such a bird. <laughs> so I was like, it's probably on YouTube. So I, looked, so I just put in Josh Burnett into YouTube, and lo and behold, there, there it was. You, you know, trying to sell overpriced rowing boats. Let us not compromise yeah. anyone's livelihood on this. Yeah, yeah. This thing is it because you don't do rowing boats, Josh? Is that the, the thing you're worried about? Somebody is. Although there was a, de- although that reminds me of a time when when I was working, well, just a couple, a year, a year or so in or less in my first job, the phone rang and it was it was Matt Beatty asking if I could rent him a rowing boat in Hyde Park <laughs> or something. 
Oh, Matt, Matt, do you remember that time where I pranked you really badly when you were over in the UK? And I, you know, I didn't realize the the visa biannual drama. Do you remember Matt, I don't even want to, Matt. Matt, your your recollection of it and the reality of what happened. I don't even want to talk about it because it was... yeah, it, 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 <laughs> I had no idea how stressful this whole thing was for you. Right. Well. I can't even talk about it even now because it's <laughs> to make you angry. <laughs> yeah. Matt, this is just getting ready for Matt's rant. You're talking to someone in the middle of a green card application. Although I, 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 I just know. can't even. You can't. You can't, can't, do can't even find humour in it. Yeah. Don't you just put it on the form? Don't you know who I am? And that's it. Just takes care of itself. Unfortunately, yeah. um... occupation, garbage collection, <laughs> taking <laughs> the trash out, taking out the trash. Taking out the trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hey guys, uh, my, my new favourite thing is is making ridiculous adverts. So I, I, I made one based on previous episodes. I, I've so done, I, I'm, you're a man after my own heart. Difference is you get paid for them. <laughs> anyway, anyway, listen to this. Are you sick of snowflakes worrying about your mental health? Do you watch old footage of the storming of Omaha Beach and feel just a little bit like you wish you'd been there? Do you feel homicidal at the gentle tweet, tweet, tweet of birds? Does the crashing of ocean waves make you howl in murderous anger? Well, we've got just the app for you. Lack of calm will fill your ears with the most aggravating sounds ever created by man or nature. Wake up to the sound of conference call leaf blower. Relax after firing an entire team to a painstaking recreation of an explosion of reactive form. Just left your girlfriend of five years for a Hooters waitress? Enjoy that first night of freedom with the sound of abattoir in B major. Lack of calm will give you just the right sound to make your day as aggressive as it needs to be for you to get shit done. Liptile is not welcome. Available from Google Play and the App Store. In-app purchases apply. Nice, wow. Matt. Very good. That sounded like a Rage Against the Machine uh, track. <laughs> Great. It, it could be yeah, bit busy could busy be. week at work matt <laughs> <laughs> yes, clearly I, I, really been yeah. stretched to the limit <laughs> I, I was just saying to johnny actually my, my my week at work has been an unmitigated disaster right is, is so. it because you dropped the ball making making was it, yeah was it because you <laughs> well no this is the thing so the bet right so the, the, the most analogous way i can describe my job is it's like fishing so, you know, you, you, you bait your hook, you cast your line, and you wait. You wait for the fish to bite your hook, and then you reel it in. Problem is, sometimes that fish doesn't bite. This is like one of those Professor Van Tam kind of analogies. That, you know... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Be the ball. Be the ball. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm so basically... my eyes right now. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So, basically... <laughs> My so my, my my able assistant, Andrew, who's almost certainly listening, does a lot of the um the kind of lower level w- jobs that kind of churn turn over. And I took it for myself as a you know senior and experienced member of the organization to mm-hmm. do the more difficult strategic stuff. And every single one of my jobs has gone bad this week. Oh no. Every single one. So oh, no. I'm not happy with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, dude, if it's any constellation. Mm. I have spent a nerve-wracking um, week of 
of I would say five days of minor nervous breakdown waiting for professional news. So I completely understand that yeah. feeling. Have you received it? I have not. <clears throat> oh, mate. I have, oh, just, no. I have just checked my email as Matt was telling that anecdote um, to discover my most recent email is still your low balance alert from Chase. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let us say I am still in the same position. So um, yeah, totally understand professionally. But I was really heartened this week to see that there's now um, large numbers of listeners from the podcast, which can be found on numerous different outlets. Mm. So that's really exciting. And I, I actually had two people call me and say that they heard episode seven and thought it was really funny. And they also heard episode one and said it was really funny. Wow. So, awesome. Yeah. So that's pretty that's cool. really good, you know. It is actually some news but, on that on that front actually. But yeah. the, the podcast is currently being reviewed by um, iTunes. Great! Oh God! So if it passes muster, <laughs> there, then we'll, we'll... <laughs> I'm not sure that was quite the response that I was hoping for. You say like, and you call you yourself hi, an actor, hi, Tim Josh. Cook. Yeah, yeah. Like it goes Steve Jobs. Yeah. <laughs> reviewed by like Ofcom, yeah. more like. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, anyway, what's news, guys? So, Josh, tell, tell us about this this acting job. I'm involved in a really cool feature at the moment, and um, yeah, so yeah, I've been working on it for a few weeks. That's and awesome. Josh. A few more days next week, and then uh, then it's done. Was that, really was that with what's DC, the... mate? Yeah, that was one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it stars yeah, Dean Cain's in it, Stephen Burkoff, Adam Deacon. Wow. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So, what, what's your part? What do you what do you play? I play a. Um, I play a a police officer, police lieutenant um, mm. in the local, you know, county sheriff's department. And so, um, but yeah, I'm I'm um, I'm a kind of troubled character who is is a kind of um, you know got that right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they cast me well. No, but I, yeah. So I, I I yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a conflicted. I'm a very conflicted soul in this. Josh, do you have an American accent? Does your character have an American accent? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he. It's. It's. How yeah. is your American accent, by the way? I mean, obviously, I want to say it's really good. It's got to be. It's got to be good. So, um, yeah. But it, I'm. I'm comfortable cool. with it. You know, having spent time over there, and 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 you know, mm. you give us some so. lines for it. Do you know what? I'm. I'm not. No. <laughs> and also, <laughs> and also, um, you know, I can't. I can't reveal too much, can I? You know. You know, I actually this one has a slightly sort of southern twist. Well, yeah, but it's you know it hasn't been, so it hasn't even been made yet, let alone released to the. So I have to keep you know have to keep it a bit under wraps, I guess. Mm-hmm. I actually Exciting find it stuff. Funny to do my mock American accent because it really annoys people here because they're so like here they're so they find it so bizarre when someone does a U.S. accent because to them it's the normal accent, the bad accent that people have in mm. in. LA County is is very distinctive. So, oh my god! Yeah, it's all from the back of the nose, yeah, and exactly. so and so they and and what you have to do it's really interesting. It's all about starting a sentence and never ever ever finishing the sentence. <laughs> adding constant <laughs> clauses, right? And you, it comes from the back of the nose. 
And so you, you have to avoid ever making a definitive statement. I'll do a UK version of it, right? It's like, cool. should we go to um, the market today? Or like, totally, we could go to the beach instead. Or like, what about doing this other thing? And then I think that's really, like, I just keep, you keep building the sentence forever. Until someone interrupts you. Until someone interrupts you. Yeah. That's a good demo, Matt. <laughs> it was like listening to my 10 year old daughter is it yeah. yeah it is actually but that's where they get it from though johnny isn't it so my 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 daughter's exactly the same because she spends every waking moment watching housewives of orange county <laughs> yeah watching orange is the new black oc can i just insert some real here okay yeah go on my man. first job was on the oc i remember this and that's a high yeah. quality show yeah yeah uh, what did you have to do on the OC? Were you like a runner? I had to answer the telephone. <laughs> did you? <laughs> are there any scenes that are there any scenes that you've got your 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 stamp on? Well, actually, yes. Um, because one of my little-known true Hollywood anecdotes is for the OC Christmas party, two thousand and four. Yeah. Um, um, I. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the show, but it's about these rich mm. kids who live in the <clears> OC, <throat> right? And Ryan, who's like the kid from Chino, like the wrong side of the tracks, right? Yeah. And so I was asked to um, help out with the bar for the Christmas party. And what, hap- what ended up happening was the, the, it was obviously a very elaborate, huge Christmas party. All the cast came and the producers were there and there were lots of like celebs and stuff. And it was at the it was at their offices in West Hollywood. And um, what happened was was that the regular bar staff ended up just basically delegating the job to me, right? Because I was a really enthusiastic barman, and a friend of mine came, and we basically both took over the bar and started mixing people insanely strong cocktails. Basically, just and like we really got into it and started causing like real chaos, right? <laughs> and here's here's the interesting part is um i'm not going to go into what actually happened after that because it was very crazy what happened as a result of my enthusiastic cocktail mixing was that production of the show was delayed for two days no because, way uh both the actress who plays summer the rich girl and ben mckenzie both had such bad hangovers <laughs> that they couldn't film that's amazing. Dude, you probably That's cost amazing. production like a lot loads of money. <laughs> I cost production quite a lot of money. Wow. Although, although although the producer did say officially you're the best barman we ever had. I was a barman for a while, um, on the on, on this little pub on the Isle of Wight. Yeah, on on the whole it was it was a pretty easy job. Um but I, I was the uh the I was a subject to a complaint once by um, by one of the punters. So there's this guy I used to work with called Manky Dave. Um, Manky because he's from Manchester, not because he didn't wash. Um, <laughs> but he he was like a really kind of old school barman, and he kind of knew all the tricks. You know, did a little flick of the glass and all this. Anyway, he used to be able to draw an amazing shamrock in the top of a pint of Guinness. I used to watch him doing this. It was like a proper a proper work of art. Uh, so I thought, you know, what, I'll uh, I'll have a go at that. Anyway. I, I drew this uh, shamrock in, in, in the top of this guy's pint of beer. Uh, unfortunately, it, oh, it, it, it was more—it was more like a cock and balls. And um, 
<laughs> yeah, this, the, the puns are like, rather than sort of seeing well, the funny side of it, well, he went straight up to the bar manager and complained about the fact that I'd drawn some genitalia in the top of his pipes. Like, yeah, thanks, mate. I'd like a cock flavoured Guinness, please, barman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could put your signature cotton yeah. balls on the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let, less like... head next time, please. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Did you sort of like serve it like a European ale where they sort of like use the spatula to sort of just sort of skim <laughs> off the top? <laughs> yeah. I used a, a cock spatula to skim off the top. <laughs> God. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying things like I have to edit myself. I'm basically creating myself <laughs> extra work here. Let's, uh, yeah. let's avoid saying shit that we have, to, we have to edit, we have to censor ourselves. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? We um, have to censor ourselves. <laughs> I have to censor your, yourselves. <laughs> the, the last. I'm not going to lie. The last. The last edit was an absolute monster. Like it's a lot of people yeah. talking. Oh my god! Yeah. There's a lot of people talking. A lot of talking over. A lot of giggling. A lot of inappropriate stuff. But it was pretty funny. Anyway, moving swiftly on. So, um, got a bit of a packed schedule for tonight. So. Um, I thought, okay, so I had an interesting moment. I was listening back to the last podcast and we, we touched upon Jacko, Jacko Bells. Um, and so I, got, I actually got an email from the, the guy, Mark, uh, at Duppy. Um, he, he, he messaged me and said that, you know, gr- great show. I really, I particularly liked the bit about um, Taunton Matters. And the response, I forget the name of the guy in, that, that um, had written a comment about Jacko Bells, about the cleanliness, was actually one of his best mates. No way. So funny. Yeah, yeah, true story. And I was thinking that, so, like, I really, I, I personally really, really hate negative reviews of stuff. Um, but, like, I don't mind it at big corporates, but, like, small businesses, people trying to work hard, do their thing. You know, when people write snarky reviews of stuff, it really annoys me. So I thought we can incorporate into lose reviews, some reviews of torn some businesses that we've picked up that we can perhaps, you know, take a look at. Well, this is the time of the show we call Mansplats. You presumably haven't haven't read my negative review of the Greyhound Pub in Staplefitz Payne. <laughs> no. no i can imagine i can imagine it's theatrical though and it's concept matt i think maybe we'll we'll have to dig that out for for next time no problem. i imagine it's multi-layered you know wide-ranging in its uh in, in its craft listen leaves no stone unturned as i told you before the, the the greyhound was one of my favorite pubs and yeah and these philistines <laughs> and like i'd love to use stronger words than that <laughs> These Philistines absolutely ruined it and turned it into what I can only describe as a proletarian dining room. So, <laughs> yeah, and I feel like now, after the, the only sign that they'll give you and to, to know that they know it's you next time we go in will be they'll 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 draw a cock at the top of your Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on TripAdvisor, it's got four point seven five stars. I, I, obviously, your standards are particularly high from all of the the fine dining you've been doing on Steven Spielberg's dollar. My Greyhound review should give it 
one star. Yeah, so, so one of the things that I quite like about working from home is I've got on my desk um, an Alexa show. And my Alexa show, it rotates loads and loads of photos that I've uploaded uh, to a particular website over the years. And the one thing I always find really interesting about photos of um, Somerset and also from the Isle of Wight, where I'm originally from, is the sense of nostalgia that they that they give me. You know, so I see a picture of a beach, and I can immediately be trans, you know, transported mentally back to that place. Um, and the same goes for buildings um, and environments, and, and it even smells sometimes. Like I find it personally very difficult when those buildings or those um, landmarks no longer exist or or are changed in some way, be it through, I don't know, natural means or through maybe a pub mm. shuts down or yeah. maybe you know the environment changes in some way, and I find it it, it causes me a great deal of sadness or in some situations anger when i when mm. i see that happen when i see a building that you know uh, you know means something to me or resonates with me in some way that's no longer there the funny thing is like as someone who's not from somerset but who lived there for a long time i've had this weird emotional journey with the landscape of somerset I- i'm not from somerset i came there as an immigrant like we all did but over time, I've developed really quite an emotional attachment to it in a way that I never anticipated happening. I remember coming directly from London in 1990, and I found Somerset incredibly unpleasant. I just remember when I was like, a, a, you know, in my early teens, finding the natural environment really quite hard to, to, to deal with. You know, it, it was always, always cold and always muddy, right? It was it was absolutely freezing the whole time. I come from this built-up, incredibly diverse urban environment, southwest London. But is that real? Is that a real thing, though? Is that just the mental state you were in? Maybe maybe it was the mental state. I just always remember this incredibly brutal grey skies, being in houses that were absolutely freezing inside. You used to live in a house called the Old right. Rectory, though, which was a big, cold, stone ancient but beautiful buildings so i imagine where you were coming from in london was pretty small by comparison so i'm not even remotely surprised that that was cold i always think of like um you know the moors of like the quantops you have been to like northumberland matt or maybe dartmoor you know some sets by comparison is like Kew gardens and like the villages that pepper the landscape of somerset are really not that picturesque like you imagine them to be no, that, that's true. Right. And it's like, for example, in other counties like Devon, mm. um, the villages are usually incredibly pretty. Do you, do you know what I think, mate? I mm. think that Somerset is a working county. Yeah. And Devon is a, a holiday county. The villages of Somerset are very, very unique because they're, they feel incredibly bleak. And Somerset's kind of village culture has this incredible nostalgia to it because they're dominated by these old churches that no one goes to anymore and these <laughs> manor houses that have been turned into like holiday homes for London's 1%. All of them have this tremendous, overwhelming sadness to them. <laughs> That's a little harsh. This sadness is kind of, well, no, it's not necessarily a negative thing. You're taking it like a, I'm being negative, but mm. actually sadness um, uh, can have a very positive quality. Over time, I started to appreciate this landscape, this very rugged, unforgiving, 
sad landscape and actually kind of start to weirdly fall in love with it. Whenever I go back home, uh, I have my points that I always go to. For example, um, Castle Niroche, which is this amazing, it's a spot that's so wild and atmospheric that every time I'm there, whatever's happening in my life, Mm. I'm transported away to another dimension. So this is a question for you, Matt, because this really resonates with me because I have the same experience when I go home. Mm. How much of that is because memories from childhood are frozen in time? They, They don't... Those memories are, are boxed, aren't they? And they're, they're well, sealed and they're put in a certain part of your brain. And yeah. the memory of that thing doesn't change. So like I said, when I go, go home and there's, there's, I'm thinking specifically about a, a pub that um, we used to go to with my grandfather and there was vines on the ceiling and so on. And you know, last time I went to the island, it was now um, a bed and breakfast. You know, it was, yeah, a, it yeah. was somebody's, somebody's house and it was... That people have just ripped out all the things that I remember. And so I find bad. that personally very affronting. It's really interesting what you were saying, because actually the other thing that I come to love about the Somerset landscape are the country pubs, right? Yeah. And they're, oh, they're, they're, so, they're so iconic. And, and like, for example... So idiosyncratic as well, aren't they? Right. And impossible to replicate. They're in, dude, they, I have never experienced it. All the places I've lived and been to around the world, I've never experienced the feeling of being in a Somerset country pub. Have you ever been to Epcot? In I have Florida? not. <laughs> no, Dude, I have not. That, that is a conversation for another day. That's, that's right. a rant right there. <laughs> well, listen, listen. Every American city has an English pub. Right. Um, oh my God. Epcot is probably the most, the, the biggest, most offensive affront to, the, to, to British culture that I've ever seen in my life. So I'd rather fun. see people burning effigies of Winston Churchill. Yeah, didn't go, didn't go to Epcot again. It, it was, it was appallingly offensive. The pubs encapsulate this kind of closed world that you can duck into. And like, for example, a lot of my best childhood memories took place in the Hatch Inn in Hatch Beecham, where I've spent many evenings drinking with you, Josh, Chris Parsons. Hi, if you're listening. Oh yeah, crikey, Chris, who it's now lives in Australia. Fun. We should get him on the podcast. My Great brother stuff. Patrick, who lives in Mumbai. Yeah. Uh, I hope he'll come onto the podcast. He's got to get Patrick on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Anyway, and I've really developed a strong attachment to these pubs. Recently, Mm. after one of my favourite pubs in Somerset, I discovered that the place had had a complete modern refit that had totally ruined it. Let me just frame something in perspective for you. My life has had many traumatic moments. Um, I've, you know, like anybody else, I've gone through my fair share of SHIT. You have, Josh has, Johnny has, I have. I'm sure our listeners have. And we all know how tough the lessons life deals you can be. But I'm usually prepared for them. I see them coming. And this was a lesson I did not see coming. Two stars, January the 12th, 2020. Who refurbished this place? The Thought Police? Life meets out many cruel surprises. Having been away so many years, it was always good to come back to the Greyhound, a reliable gem at the end of a walk at Neroche. I heard about this refurbishment, yet 
I was shocked to discover that this formerly rustic old lo local pub in a beautiful village had been remodelled in the style of J.P. Weatherspoons. <laughs> it's as if everything that gave it atmosphere had been stripped out and thrown away in favour of a dining room atmosphere. The quaint local vibe that gave this place so much identity now seems like a dream, a lost memory, like the England of yesterday. Not a fan. The reply is quite interesting, so I'm not going to read all of it because it's quite long. The last line is 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 amazing what? custom service. So right, Lou, you need to take note of this because obviously in your job you have to deal with some 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 complainers, don't you? Yeah. Um. So big big spiel about you know addressing Matt's complaints. And the last line says, since your review solely addresses the refurbishments, I trust that our food and drink offering and our service met your standards. Kind yes. regards, Team Greyhound. That's amazing. Unbelievable. That is that is that is excellent. Yeah. Well, I've got one. I've got a response to the response. Silver lining. Bill. Yeah. Go on, then, Matt. What is it? You'll have to edit it out, Matt. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and look That's at the amazing. guy's name, anyway. Jan van Schagen. You don't sound like you're from fucking Staple Fitz Pain, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing about British life that sums up the sadness, the misery, and the decay than the Sunday lunch carvery. Dude. <laughs> Dude, nothing screams, my life is average, <laughs> like a carvery. Yeah. And have you noticed, everything about carvery screams, it's not going to be that good, and in my life, it's never going to be as good as it ever was before. Everything's gonna begin a yeah. slow, sad slide into oblivion. Right, it, and it's, it's the tiny details. It's, it's the fact. It's, it's the fact that the, that the gravy, you know, the gravy that makes you think of that that Sunday lunchtime meal with your family and your mother have been in the kitchen reducing the meat, you know, meat down to a delicious, you know, sensory experience in the carvery. It, it, you know, you, first of all, you have to peel off a layer of congealed gluten. And then you have to work out which bit of it is actually burnt from which bit of it is edible. And then on top of that, you cover your, 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 your plate of already average tasting food with a liquid so appalling it can best be described yeah. as, you know, sewage. Nothing screams, my dreams are not going to come true. <laughs> Yeah. Like the impossibly average, <laughs> artificially warmed, dry roast joint yeah. that's been sitting on an all-day all carvery slab. I know. So it's something how they can take e even the most, the most humble of vegetables and turn them into something utterly awful. The one English tradition I've always had a problem with is Sunday lunch. And I've really, over the years, tried to love Sunday lunch. I remember when I was younger, mm. uh, I remember really trying to replicate that lovely Sunday lunch feel. Like that, you know, you read the papers and you make Sunday yeah. lunch. But the, the simple fact is, like, Sunday lunch, honestly, dude, it isn't really that nice. And nothing <laughs> screams the truth of that like the carvery. <laughs> You, know? <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. you just I know, can't yeah. get away from the fact no. that an incredibly dry, 
joint of beef and some overboiled vegetables on a slab in a pub by a busy road <laughs> is very yeah. nice. I always cast my mind back to you know the sort of 1700s where these amazing carriages pulled by by a train of you know of six horses would arrive and uh, you know and they and, and the horses would be tethered at, you know to in the stables and the the weary travelers would make their way into the inn for for a pint of local ale and a, and a home-cooked meal and these pubs have stood and have been condemned by their ancientness for all eternity by planning regulation yes yeah, and, and are now marooned stranded next to around next to an a road a busy a road yeah, yeah. Was, but, but is, over the road there's a there's a drive-through mcdonald's which is infinitely better in quality infinitely than better. The all-you-can-eat carvery so- that that awaits them inside. I've always had this tremendous, just probably unjustified belief that my dreams are going to somehow come true. And yet (laughs) when I look out of a car window and I see an advert for a carvery outside (laughs) an incredibly bleak roadside pub, I just instinctively realise that maybe my dreams aren't going to come true. Or maybe they have come true. Or maybe they've already come true. And and this is as good as it's going to get. And I should just pull over, pull into the parking lot, go through the pub door, sit down, and just have a carvery. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the carvery. It's never going to happen for you. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, life. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I think? Like, it's probably the, the most appalling part of the Carvery experience, yeah. though. What? So, like, go back to what you said a minute ago, which I kind of agree with, which is a Sunday lunch is a pretty average meal. Right? It's so overrated, but, for but it's so out, but, you know. Right, but the, for, for for those of us that, that that were brought up in, you know, in fairly traditional families, like I was, the the, the process of the Sunday lunch was what made it special. It was, you know, mum in the kitchen, yeah. surrounded by steaming pots and the smells yeah. and the clinking of plates, and, and dad with his carving knife, making real ceremony of carving the the bird or the beef, whatever it yeah. was, and the, and you know, and getting to try a glass of red wine for the first time, and and these yeah. big puddings that that mum used to, you know, to somehow yeah. magic out of thin air, yeah. and all of that ceremony yeah, is replaced beautiful. by a chef that was clearly planning on working at the Gavroche <laughs> under Gordon Ramsay you know, that spent his formative yeah. years you know fine the fine dicing shallots and making yeah. incredible bechamel sauces yeah. that somehow had his life derailed to the extent yeah. where all he can do is slop white sauce <laughs> into a awesome. metallic container and put it yeah. under a halogen lamp and that lack of ceremony as he reflects yeah. on the wreckage of his life. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and all of that and all of that hatred and anger is, is channeled <laughs> into the into the roast potatoes. Into the roast which by the way have been rewarmed ten times that week, I think. And all he's got for company is the team of illegal immigrants from York <laughs> working working under under like modern slavery conditions in the pub. So that they can be returned to their Polish slave masters in the <laughs> evening. <laughs> I know, I know. It's just like yeah. nothing screams misery like the carvery. <laughs> <laughs> the world just isn't as good as you thought it was going to be. And now you're over the hill and it's over. 
yeah. Don't try and fight it anymore. Don't. Nobody likes your fucking script. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No one liked your script. No one thought your cooking was any good. No, you know, you're never going to marry the girl of your dreams. You're in the carvery of life. You're in the carvery of life, my friend. And enjoy those cold roast potatoes that have been rewarmed because they're the tastiest morsel you're ever going to have. But if you wait another hour, they'll rewarm the roast chicken and you can try that too. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. (laughs) That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Anyway, moving swiftly on. So, over to... This is News Reviews. Well, that's not the only bad review you've put in there, is it, Matt? I'm just reading another one about bad service. Um, where was that? The underdog in Greece. The underdog in Greece. Oh yeah, that, that's that's what I review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. I can't believe you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> I just was on TripAdvisor, and you know, really? just thought, oh, what other reviews has Matt actually put out there? <laughs> now my TripAdvisor performance is under. Scrutiny. So looking at your chip advisor performance, Matt, you're pretty negative generally. Let me just tell you, because I am now uh, playing defence here, right? <laughs> let me tell you about this fucking place, right? <laughs> so I go to this, I go to this cafe in, in Greece, right? In Athens, right? Well, now, I've been to Athens a lot, right? It's such a nice place, right? So I go to this cafe, right? And at the risk of sounding like a total arsehole, I, I go in. I'm the first customer of the day. And I said to the, I said to the, the waitress, right, I said, uh, could I have um, four shots of espresso with a tiny bit of milk in it? <laughs> right? That's how I take my coffee. That explains a few things. They call it a cortado, Argentine cappuccino, right? So I said, four, I have four shots of espresso with a tiny bit of milk in it, right? And she looks at me, she gives me this look like, you degenerate English twat, right? <laughs> and she goes, I can't do that. I can, you can order two double espressos if you like, but you can't order them together i said to her listen i'm i said i don't speak greek i'm probably being misunderstood were you speaking really loud loudly at this point matt speaking in english but just shouting instead did you mention the elgin marbles listen it's the european union you know so i said i said to her i said to her listen all i'm asking is just i said get me two double espressos pour them into the same cup and bring them to me, right? And she goes. Did you add a please to that, or please? <laughs> and, she goes, and she goes, no, I can't do that. <laughs> and she and I said to her, are you telling me you you can't just get over there where the espresso machine is? I'm looking at it. 
You can't get two double espressos, pour them into one cup instead of two cups, and then bring them to me, <laughs> right? Doesn't look like there's many other customers here right now, right? And she goes, I won't do that. Oh, my God. So I said, I said, okay, do bring that. them to me then, right? <laughs> so she comes over with two fucking espressos. <laughs> Right. And I and I, I, I took them off the tray. I poured them into one cup and I gave her the other cup back and I said, Thank you very much. Well, I'm glad I brought that up. <laughs> is, is this the time to mention maybe starving Africans and you know sorry. Knowing your privilege, Matt. Listen, so I'm, I'm really I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Maybe I'm just like a US asshole now. I paid for the fucking coffee to bring yeah, it maybe, to me the maybe. way I want it. And to this very day, that that woman literally just says, "Ah, oh, fucking British." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, uh, I'm really sorry that Greece has a bad economy. I mean, returning the fucking <laughs> marbles is nothing compared to dealing with a man's espresso demand. I'm really sorry if, for the last twenty years, you've just used Germany as a gigantic cash machine. But it's not my problem. <laughs> it's not my problem. Don't blame it on me. I don't even live in fucking England. So don't blame it on me. I have as much of a bone to pick with the English as you do. Yeah. Thing is, they won't give me any of my unemployment benefits that I've claimed for, or any of my health benefits now because they claim I'm not a citizen anymore. Okay, so big fucking deal. I'm sorry the Nazis invaded you in World War Two. You know, maybe you should have had a better army. <laughs> This is from Matt G, the level one contributor on TripAdvisor. Yeah, I'm really yeah, sorry you that, you know, the British <laughs> occupied Athens for a week after World War II and treated you like shit. I'm really sorry. I wasn't in charge of Winston Churchill's foreign policy. <laughs> Thank God. But if you had been, Matt, you've made espresso cups bigger for a start, yeah. wouldn't you? It would have definitely honest. served the British officers double espressos in a single cup. If they'd asked for them. Double espressos in single cups, that would have been um, very That messy. would have made the German occupation much less painful. <laughs> was the issue that you wanted four espressos in a single espresso cup? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> the point is, the point is, if you pay... The point is, the customer's always right. <laughs> well, did you pour them all in and it was just all over the floor? And you went, told you, see? The point is, if you pay for four fucking espressos... <laughs> then you should get them if you're paying the money. You know what that cup needed, Matt? That cup needed Laban's <laughs> oh, round. That's Jesus. what it needed. <laughs> like, oh, is that like a, is that German for like a saucer? You need the cup the size of Russia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, I, can, I, um, can I follow up Matt G's story cool. with the other side of customer service, being on this, the purveyor side of, of shit customer service? But Do you remember the pub in Taunton called The Hungry Horse? Up in, yeah. It was all on the sort of way out, out to Galmington. So, so I worked there as a barber, like the, the hungry horse. We used to call it the hung like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty sort of crummy place. It was this, Matt, Matt, I think you, you wouldn't have given it a good trip advisor. You. No. No. And, and you particularly wouldn't if you'd known their signature policy, which was to rip everyone off on, on soft drinks. They would like just plow loads and loads of ice into the glasses and then top it up with like one or two. Basically, yeah, two or three shots of, of Coke or something. Mm. You, might, you might have liked it, actually, in, in one glass. Um, <laughs> but like, it will, it will always be about ripping the customer off on Coke. One day, this, this, these guys came in for some, for some, um, for some food. They did food. And they found a nail in one of the, in one of the fish and chips. Oh and it was... It was a fingernail or a, oh, 
Anyway, they brought it up to the, they brought it up to the counter, and it was like a two inch, oh my God. like hot dip galvanized masonry nail oh. in inside the fish. <laughs> no way. The fish. And so and then so the, and I was like the bomb. I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. You know, oh, man. I'll you know I'll get you you know get your refund or you know I'll get you get you another meal. And then the bot the, the manager came over and he was like, oh, they can't have one. Look, they've eaten all the chips. <laughs> The only thing they could have is is a complimentary coke. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but, but then he's like, "But make sure you fill it all the way to the top with ice." Sorry <laughs> <laughs> about the nail you found in your fish. <laughs> These two pints of ice. Give, give him a, a pint of ice and and, a, and the Heimlich maneuver. Oh my god! Yeah. And then tell him to piss off. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, I was at university. We we I used to work behind the bar there. Um, and it was a nightmare. I mean, it was an absolute nightmare, particularly on Wednesday nights, which was uh, like the, the sports society nights. Um, and these, the, the, all of the sports societies used to have these uh, these drinking circles, and the drink of choice was nearly always cider and black. So we used to have this this joke uh, behind the bar of to see who could sneak the most um, black current into the drink. And there was a guy that came to the bar and was particularly obnoxious and annoying and, you know, pushing to the front, waving a tenor in your face and all the rest of it. So, so I made him a, a cider and black with basically half a pint of Ribena and a shot of cider and beer on the top. And, and off he went. And he, he, came, he, came back, he came back about half an hour later. You know, um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, where, you know, yeah. Violet Beauregard gets turned into a giant blueberry. That's what he basically what he looked like. His entire his entire mouth was black. Yeah, he had black. He had like a, a ridiculous black moustache, black black mouth. You know, he was looking he was looking a bit hyperactive. And he's like, he went to the bar and he just said, uh, "Yeah, point of sorry, black mate, oh, but um, so but easier on the black current this time, please." It was like, "Yeah, right, mate." <laughs> he was not a happy boy. Yeah, no, you must have had a few of these incidents when you were providing cakes and delicious savoury slacks to the to the people of West, of South Cheshire. <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, me and my mum used to have our own catering business, um, and we basically we decided we wanted to start this business because we were sick of working for other people. So, what better way to start a business than going going into business with your mother <laughs> for ten years? It's not recommended, I can tell you. <laughs> so basically, I used to stay at home and make all the food to go on the sandwich van. And my mum um, used to go out in the sandwich van and do the, you know, stop at these various businesses and sell sell all the food that I produced. We made our own sandwich van round. And then all of a sudden, in like year seven uh, of, of our business, um, this woman called Shelley, Shelley's Deli, starts pinching our customers like um turning up to businesses 10 minutes before mum would turn up so everybody would just come out and buy food from the sandwich van because they had no loyalty it was just i'm hungry the sandwich van's here let's buy some food so this absolutely enraged my mum <laughs> she just came home every day ranting about shelly's deli she made me and my friend molly <laughs> stalk Shelley's Deli, find out her roots, um, so go undercover and buy food from Shelley's Deli, and ha- would have to rate it. Was it better? Did you did you find out that their that their their, 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 their pasties were were deeper filled than yours? <laughs> 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 
They've <laughs> never admitted this to mum, but there was this really nice pasta dish that Shelley did. <laughs> but I would never, ever tell her that because even now, what, three years after finishing the business, she, all I have to do is say Shelley's Deli. And she just yeah. starts off on this two-hour rant. Did you ever tell your mum that that pasta dish was really good? No. <laughs> no way. Well, guess what? You just did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we give a big shout out, a hot tab shout out to Shelly Selly? <laughs> Shelly Selly, yeah. 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 The only thing that the only thing that keeps mum going is that, you know, Shelly's Deli has now gone out of business. So yes. Does somebody does somebody ask for a, a quadruple espresso in a single espresso <laughs> cup and call serious burns yeah. to the barista? Yeah. That resulted in a ridiculous lawsuit that yeah. put them out of business. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Lou, <laughs> re- reviews from this <laughs> from this week. Well, they're going to sound really shit after all of that. So. <laughs> 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 oh God! <laughs> Meh. This is Lou's reviews again. <laughs> The first one is, um, I thought this podcast would only be fit for Locker 1, but it turns out that it's rather good. (laughs) Mr. Odd would be very proud. Uh, (laughs) This is the finest podcast about Taunton ever made. And that's by Dave Higginson. (laughs) Hello, Higgy. I love that. I love that. So, so, yeah, do you guys want to explain what Locker locker 1 is for the the listeners? Well... Go ahead, Johnny. Is it like Room 101? Oh, it's way worse than that. So Locker 1 was one of, like, an array of lockers um, in, in our common room. But, like, the sick form who had the privilege of bread and milk, we originally were subjected to, when we were, like, in the younger years, we would have to clean out a locker that had been left full of, like, rotting milk and stale bread and decomposed pot noodles. Oh. Yogurt, oh yeah, for like weeks and weeks and weeks. And there was, a, in fact, they even made it into a bit of a game. Do you remember, Josh? That like they would put, they put the whole top row. It was like sort of celebrity squares or something. They put yeah. like the whole top row of different combinations of filthy, rotting produce. And like you had to choose <laughs> yeah. a number, and whatever was in it, you had to clean it out. So review two for this evening is move over hashtag Alan Partridge. This podcast is very, very funny. Oh, well, that's, that's okay. from Simon Warren. Oh, that's very, that's high praise. Thanks. Thank you, Simon. Thanks, Lee. Welcome. Right, Josh, how's it been looking on Taunton Matters? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you after my jingle. Introducing the legend behind the advert, Thomas Land. The inspiration for the hit show Archer, son of Frank Drebin and a man whose hair is so good, it makes Vidal Sassoon weak. <laughs> This is Josh with Tools and Matters. <laughs> right, let's get into it then, shall we? <laughs> so, it's like abuse of power is Okay, Tools and Matters. You know, there's as always there's a there's a wide array of um of, of things going on in Taunton from the good, the bad and the ugly. But this one, the first one's going to open up with was, is a guy called V Seer. And he says, is there a place yet open in Taunton that is serving coffee undercover as Mambo's is closed? Just a roofed area, of course. <laughs> and then and it's obviously met with all of these comments, including 
Yes, oh, the essential coffee drinking weather cover areas they have put in town so people can gather closely during lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> Is one of them based in Athens? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Does anyone know where I can get an undercover four espressos in a single espresso cup? And then someone else has angrily said, then you should stay at home like the rest of us. Many exclamation marks. I don't get soaked in my kitchen. <laughs> So I guess that's the answer to your question, BC. Just, just wait another couple of weeks, yeah. mate. Another lady's asking. This is a bit of a. This is something I just I don't agree with, and also it's something I also slightly want to know what it is. It's my little boy's first birthday on the sixth of April. Recommendations where I can get an arched balloon from. What is an arched balloon? What is an arched balloon? Is it one of those like string of balloons that form an arch? I don't know no idea what is an arch balloon it's where balloons are tied together in the shape of an arch uh, many right. balloons I, you know i just feel like in this age of single-use plastics yeah and mega waste you know how about don't do that anyway <laughs> how, how about you enjoy your birthday playing with some leaves yeah. Yeah. How about don't have that? Yeah. Thanks from the fun police. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe not an arch. You know, maybe something less. You know, you know, it's less grand. ornate. Maybe just I don't know. A balloon. Two round balloons and one long balloon in a sort of like suggestive yeah. arrangement. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the next thing. Actually, is to make is to make recyclable balloons. It's all about the potato starch, man. Can you make balloons out of potato starch? Wouldn't that just be a pretty single-use balloon? You can make vodka out of yeah. it. Vodka-flavoured potato balloon. But surely, how many potatoes do we have to grow to make one balloon, though? Then? What we just need is a genetically modified inflatable potato. I think <laughs> if you had a mandolin, you could, you could slice it thin enough. You've just got to like, then bake it very carefully, sort of around, you know, like a sort of mould. I think it's fine. You know, I think could you then model it enough. into the shape of a dog? I think a one-year-old could do it, no problem. Yeah. yeah. And then you just eat it. <laughs> this next one actually reminded me of, of Matt's story about the uh, about Essex um, County Council when he worked with them. Several people from Somerset West and Taunton um sat around a room coming up with ideas <laughs> and and they've got this new survey that you can do online that they've also posted on Taunton Matters and the whole thing is how do we make you feel? <laughs> Is the, the tagline? It's almost just saying, you know, please come and abuse this. You can go onto the onto their website, or you can go onto Taunton Matters, and you can fill in the survey. But the whole tagline is, "How do we make you feel?" Josh, have you left a, have you left some feedback? Not yet, not yet. I was going to ask Matt Matt again what what the taboos are in these situations. Is it is horny bad and sort of passionate and things like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like a, like a recently yeah. vaccinated octogenarian at Taunton Racecourse. <laughs> this is a good one. Taunton Ladies Rugby Club. And they're starting training again soon and they're looking for, for players to come and join them. I mean, I know we've got a coach in our midst who's, uh, you know, successful. There you go, Lou as well. Yeah. Oh, Lou, do you play? I have done for about 20 years. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, if you fancy the commute to Taunton. <laughs> Yeah, just pop down, yeah. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Well, there you go. Anyway, I thought I'd put that one out there in case anyone knows of any ladies rugby players you want to get into involved. Um, this is the this is the darker side now. Now we're we're talking. There's there's 
this is this is addressed directly at the at the bike thieves of Taunton, and you know, and and my message to them is, you know, get classier about what you're doing with your life. Someone's posted after a twelve and a half hour night shift at Musgrove Park Hospital, my son had to walk home because his bike had been stolen. I mean, come on, no, come on, you know, have some respect. Just steal steal bikes somewhere else or just not at all but not yeah that's just a bit of shit isn't it come on yeah um and then last but not least posted this week on the 16th of march kylie pearson looking for someone to take a christmas tree to the tip please (laughs) (laughs) so yeah if anyone can help her get rid of her christmas tree she's in need of help that rounds it up this week for taunton method brilliant time for a cool sharp harp Well, that's utter nonsense takes us to the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening. This week's shout-out goes to Taunton Ladies Rugby Team. Ladies Rugby is one of the fastest-growing sports out there, and as a coach myself, I know that the ladies' game has been badly affected by the lockdowns and the lack of game time. It's a fantastic sport, and Taunton is an amazing club in the South West. Get yourself down to training on Wednesday, March the 31st. You won't regret it. This podcast is produced in partnership with Duffy Media, one of Taunton's best website development businesses. Visit duppymedia.co.uk and speak to Mark for a free no-obligation quote for a website to bring your business to life. This was straight from the hot tap.